0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Practice What You Teach. This is a weekly teaching podcast here at Manassas Park High School starring myself, Mr. Hare, along with my two other guest hosts, Mr. Lumpkin. Yo. And Mr. Moreland. Hello. Today we are excited because we have the incredible, the inimitable, and another word that starts with I... Our lovely principal, Mrs. Calso, how are you?
1: I'm great. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction.
0: Yes, ma'am. We're glad to have you. We're going to ask you a couple questions and we hope that you can interview with us and uh, participate in our burning question today.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: So first things first, we're going to do some uh, quick talk. Uh, it's been about a week since our last recording, Mr. Lumpkin. I know you've had an exciting week since Thursday, Mr. Moreland. I know since you've been on your cart, you've been traveling our fine school at Mass Park High School. So I kind of want to get a feel for you guys. How has your second be- week been so far?
2: Second week has been pretty smooth so far. First week, I was getting to know so many new people all at once. and It's really difficult because I'm in the same situation, Mr. Moreland. We're both cart pushers. Someone called it a gurney today, which is the first time I've heard that. And that seems at pro quo, uh, but- it's I, I been- hope not, but okay. <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been good. It's been nice to be able to get to see the new group. It's definitely seeing the actual freshmen from last year because now seeing all the new sophomores and kind of getting them into it. And they've got an interesting energy about them that I'm appreciating. And now that we're kind of getting to the swing of things, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah.
0: It's just funny you say that. Mr. McGrath is looking for new people to run the uh, student government from the sophomore class. So any of you sophomores out there that are interested, now is going to be the time to put your name and throw your hat in the ring. Mr. Moreland, I, I know you've been on a cart. I, we have different planning, so I haven't had an opportunity to come speak with you during the week. But how's your
3: second week been? How is it since the last time we recorded? It's been pretty good. I mean, we, we've been getting into the swing of things now. The students had the presentations on uh, the different types, like theories and types of motivation techniques that we talked about. And all the presentations were really good. And I think this was the first time I've, since I've been teaching that every student finished their presentation in one, like one block. It only took one block for everybody to present. And they all did a great job And a lot of great discussions. And we're continuing to bring up those ideas as we talk. Like I talked with a student today about the exact same topic she discussed to kind of motivate her to, you know, stick with some things she was working on. So, you know, and then we're getting into the stories and the content for English 10 and for English 11 with the essay writing and things like that. It, it takes, you know, a little bit longer to learn new things than, you know, sometimes you want. But as long as they learn it effectively, I think that's what's most important. I know. So, you know, we're looking at thesis statements in 11th grade and some people find it easy. Some people find it tough, but it just depends on the person. But everybody can get it. That's, that's what the, the goal is.
0: Absolutely. I, I know you you and I uh, spoke before the year. You were excited to have the 10th and the 11th graders. So I'm glad you've got them. You're watching uh, another group of kids make their way towards graduation, which is mm-hmm. always exciting. And Mrs. Calso, in week two of your second year of being the principal here at Manasseh Park High School, how has it been for you?
1: I think we've had a really good start to this school year. I appreciate. I've been walking around checking out different classrooms, high level engagement by teachers and students. Um, everybody seems to have adjusted nicely to this school year and i'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. So we're gonna go into how we lay out topics. We're gonna talk about our last episode really quickly. Last week, we introduced everybody to kind of, hey, this is the second week. we're we're jumping right into it. Um, we wanted to talk about our clubs because it looks like we've got some news on our upcoming, third week and fourth week of how we're going to be bringing people into our clubs. Uh, In addition to that, we want to go over the school news for week three. Our first football game is coming up on Friday. That's September the 6th at 7 p.m. We're going to be playing the Moret School. Uh, We want everyone that can come out to come out and support our boys so we can make sure we get out there and bring home the W. Uh, I also know we have some game club news from Mr. Morland and Mr. Lumpkin.
3: You guys want to talk about that quickly? Yes, again, our interest meeting is going to be this Tuesday in room uh, 345 that's miss west Taper's room upstairs
0: and uh, what date is that is that, i'm looking at that's uh, the 10th sh- yeah. yes so tuesday the 10th in uh room 345. excellent it's easy to remember Three four five. 345. 345. Yeah. now Anime News, you got any club on Anime News Club today as well? Yeah, it's
2: looking like, well, we heard it on the announcements today. looks like Anime Club's going to be doing their first interest meeting on Wednesday, September 11th. Yes, sir. We'll be doing that, I believe, in Mr. Hare's room, right? Absolutely. We'll be here
0: in room 250 for the first interest club, or excuse me, first interest meeting of the Anime Club. Now, in my room, I don't have a projector, so this is just to gauge how much interest we have, and then we'll kind of step it up
2: from there. Sounds good. I'm already hearing some input back from some people about Wednesdays maybe not being the best day in the world, but hopefully we can get enough people coming in and seeing where we want to go for the semester.
0: Absolutely. I've, I've watched and I've told all my students this. I've watched anime a long time, but this is certainly a golden age of anime. Able to get content day and date from Japan. It's, it's actually pretty incredible to someone like myself, Mr. Moreland, and Mr. Lumpkin who for sure can tell you you had to wait months to get new episodes and they only came dubbed. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to kind of pivot here. Uh, Senior portraits resumed yesterday, September 4th, and they were from 2.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, Are we going to be having any more opportunities for seniors, Mrs. Castle?
1: Yes, there will be a makeup session in November. So anybody that did not get their picture taken the last three opportunities, you'll be able to get your picture taken in November. You'll be getting a notice from Justin's about that as well as anybody that wants a retake picture, if you want to have that done in November, you need to contact Justins
0: All right, so you're going to ne- get your next date in November. You will receive a notification from Justins and, and then we will go from there as far as having you do that. I really want to pull up very quickly from our, our two co-hosts I want to get a news story from each
2: of you and i'll give one myself but any news stories mr lumpkin you want to point everyone's attention to well i'm gonna flex my nerd here a little bit because i ended up finding a story this week of a new fossil that came out of china oh wow so you got? as a nerve scientist uh, one of my favorite things coming in here and i used to work in a museum working on fossils is uh, being able to talk about life that exists before us and one of the tricky things is a lot of people know about dinosaurs a lot of people know about other dinosaurs (laughs) but a lot of the other stuff that existed long before that because life's been around on land for about 500, 600 million years is the bugs that existed before then. The thing is, as someone who works with fossils, fossils are typically bone. Yes, You're not getting much else unless you're getting tracks. Worms, insects, all the other crazy stuff that was working around on land, we don't have fossils of. But we can start to see some of the tracks of. In fact, there was actually a beautiful fossil that came out of China from I think this past week, they're calling it Morticina. Morticnia. Sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. practice that one beforehand. Mort, Morticnia, the death trail of an ancient worm. That's well, impressive. I know. They words, have a date on that, a carbon date on that. I believe it's about 500 million years old. Wow. Which wow. is very early for life on land. That's right around when plants are just figuring out how to go on land. So some of your first examples. That's pushing stuff back it's actually really cool that's
0: very impressive
2: uh, but the reason we don't normally see insects is because they don't have the heart tissues like bones yep. and well yeah that's really about it and shells yeah uh, for them to actually fossilize so we're actually seeing trails and everything else and they're worms that are about the size of my arm that have actually Then i'll just show the picture around <laughs> This is great for <laughs> podcasting, but, but yes, so they're, they're showing
0: some tracks here. Uh, it looks like they took a snapshot within the slate there, and, and uh, it's really impressive that the March of Science carries on. I want to pivot to
3: Mr. Moreland. Uh, anything you want to direct attention of our audience? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say that it's obvious how interested Mr. Lumpkin is when he's excited about a worm that's the size of his arm instead of Absolutely. <laughs> so. It's good to hear <laughs> yeah. that from our, sure. from our okay. science okay. teachers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to focus on positive news. It's like we always hear about negatives, although the worm is, is positive too. I'd say so. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, so, we're actually reading a story right now uh, in my English 10 class, Hearts and Hands, about a police officer, Marshall, who's kind to a prisoner. Uh, and if you want to learn more, you got to read it yourself. So, you know, that way you, I don't give you the story. Of course. But the article I found kind of relates to that. It says Wichita family thanks officer for act of kindness in Wichita, Kansas a police officer mowed the lawn of an elderly woman and her nephew wanted to find him and express his gratitude for police officers, you know, they don't have to do stuff like that, but some of them do. I mean, I know there's a lot of animosity in some communities between the police officers and the communities. And, you know, sometimes it's for good reason, but if you think about it, they're still human beings too. And, you know, just like the people that have problems with them, if they could just maybe communicate and have situations like that in the neighborhoods, which a lot of them do and try, then, you know, maybe it can, mend the wounds that are in those communities and you know it takes both sides to do that though i'm just glad that this officer is doing something for the people of wichita and trying to promote good relations between the police and the community because they should be the community i mean that's that's their job is to protect the community so
0: absolutely it's always good to hear good news we're always pretty negative from time Mm -hmm. to time in the news but the fact that we can talk about something good is always a pleasure i uh went and To piggyback on Mr. Lumpkin, I'm also going to flex my inner nerd a little. Uh, They actually have a new research coming out of Link Copen University, which is over in Europe. They have spreading light over quantum computers. So a quantum computer, as I talked about in our first episode, is a computer that has the ability to be in multiple states. So if you have a password, instead of just trying a bunch of a series of passwords, you try all the passwords at once. Well, they figured out a way to turn a conventional computer into a really close facsimile of a quantum computer, which is going to help us actually build those quantum computers in the future, particularly with Denmark, which is where Linkopen is located, is looking to have their first quantum computer within the next decade. Uh, With this technology, they actually use beams of light and put those in multiple states, and they convince the conventional computer to perform multiple states, and that allows them to simulate what a quantum computer would look like. For me as a physicist, this is extraordinarily exciting. Like I said, I'm looking to get a computer that's as close to the human brain as possible because the closer we get, the more capable it'll be and the further we can take our computer science and even our own natural science. So I'm very excited. This is something that really speaks to me personally Uh, as someone that studied and worked at a a particle accelerator. I'm ready for the quantum machine. I'm ready for us to carry quantum computers in our pockets. Uh, I don't know when Apple's gonna get there, but hopefully it'll be soon. Uh, from there, I'd like to pivot directly into our new segment. I'd like to interview uh, Mrs. Kalso, if that's okay. Uh, I gave you a, a lead in and kind of snuck my questions into you before we got in here. So she does have some of the answers. She got a couple of spoilers. But I want to start with, uh, where did you grow up, Mrs. Kalso?
1: Do you know where I grew up?
0: I know you grew up in upstate New York, yes. uh, near Buffalo, but not. I don't know if that was in the city no, proper or not.
1: it was not. It was about 30 miles south of Buffalo. Yes, ma'am. A very small town population about 5,000 so if you can imagine that um, you know it's a place where everybody knows everyone and it's close enough to the city to get to but definitely in farm country lots of uh, farms and animals and that type of thing the school district that I went to was the second largest in area in New York State so sometimes if I want to go visit a friend it would take me 25 30 minutes to get to their house to see them um, I know that's not the case in Manassas Park because you can pretty much walk wherever.
0: You can get on foot and be anywhere within about an hour.
1: Yes, and it snowed a lot. So, um, you know, getting from point A to point B, we always had school. We rarely had snow days, even though it might snow one foot overnight. Um, We still had school the next Yes, Mm ma'am. So,
0: so I I hear that that's upstate, and you had a lot of farmland around Mm -hmm. you. I grew up in New Jersey, so I've mentioned that before. We we view anything outside of the city as upstate. Yes, and and that it's much to the chagrin of those like our teachers here from Buffalo and Rochester. Uh, That's a plug for Mr. Gamble there. But did you have a lot of orchards? Because that was always the mythical orchard from where I grew up. Were there orchards nearby where you could pick apples? Was that yes? That was nearby where you grew up. So
1: apples, cherries. All sorts of things. Excellent.
0: And that was when I, like I said, uh, we didn't have many apple trees where I grew up. My father planted one and that was the only one I had ever seen. But he said, if you go far enough, you'll find them all in New York. And I said, okay, just took his word for it.
1: And actually I grew up fairly, not fairly close to Lake Erie, but enough where there's this microclimate with Lake Erie that's conducive to growing grapes cherries really? apples mm-hmm, That's along very the interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: so i have a question here and it's pretty open-ended so feel free to answer as you choose but where did you go to school
1: where did i go to school yes, high ma'am. school
0: high school college grad school
1: <laughs> oh you're free to answer school. as you. Think. yes i know and I'm, you're i've free had to answer a lot of school um well obviously i graduated from my high school that i went to yes, ma'am. i think my graduating class was 180 students so a little bit a little bit smaller than here um, I ended up going to a, um, under, my undergraduate degree is from Hobart and William Smith Colleges, again, in upstate New York, Geneva, New York, which is in between Rochester and Syracuse. It was a small college. There were a total, there was a total of about 2,000 students. So again, kind of a place where you get to know everybody. Um, but there, we were really encouraged to study a lot of different subject areas, a lot of interdisciplinary um, classes, There was definitely a gender twist to things, which I think was good, Um, different perspectives. And they have a huge study abroad program. So they're like the top for Princeton Review study abroad. So I did spend a semester in Galway, Ireland my junior year, which was really transformational for me. Um, After that, I taught high school for a couple of years, high school history. And then I actually moved down here to Virginia to attend the College of William & Mary i got my degree in school counseling go tribe go Mm -hmm. tribe yes go tribe and then um i just i shouldn't say i just finished but i finished a degree in 2013 from the university of virginia which is my education specialist degree in administration um it's not a phd i don't think i'll go back for a phd but maybe you never know um it's pretty much everything except the dissertation
0: yes ma'am that's again this is an incredible list of uh, qualifications you have here Of the schools that you went to which one do you think really set you on that path for being a teacher because our next question is what inspired you to go into education
1: i think william and mary was probably the most influential i always wanted to go there and when i had the opportunity when i decided what i was going to do when i wanted to move out of the upstate new york area and focus on my psychology degree and i know lady from the Virginia Department of um, the Workforce Development she, yes, she uh, gave us like psych majors a hard time but for a lot of us you know it has led to some, some good things. So that got me to William and Mary and um, I think from there I was able to combine my love of working with with kids with also my knowledge of psychology and so, social psychology, sociology, all of those social sciences classes.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I put this question on. This is an important question for me personally, um, as you know, all of all of us here have been to a lot of different schools, mm-hmm. some of us working there, some mm-hmm. of us learning there, some of us participating just as volunteers, but what is the role of a school?
1: It, this is an interesting question because I think in some ways we're still caught in an industrial age idea of school. Absolutely. While at the same time we're trying to go somewhere new with that. So I think it's an exciting time to be an educator. It's an exciting time to be a student because we're sort of, I think we're really trying to move out of that industrial age thought of the brick and mortar school building into maybe something more. Um, And by more, I mean, not only the academic piece, but we're also looking at the whole child and how we're, we're making sure that we've helped everyone meet their full potential.
0: Absolutely, and and finally, and this is again another question that really speaks to me personally. Um, uh, my father was, it was very important to him to always have me read a book. If I was walking around without a book, he found one to give to me. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you this: What are three books you can have more or less? But what are three books that have influenced you that you would recommend to the pseudo body?
1: I think that's a tough, tough question. Um, you know, I think depending on different periods in your life certain genres might resonate with you more than others. Um, I've read, I tend to lean more towards nonfiction. So I read a lot of autobiographies, like actually coaches, a lot of coaching autobiographies, um, Pat Summit, all you women's basketball players out there. Absolutely at the University of um, Tennessee. Excellent autobiography, um, biography. I think of Sally Jenkins, helped her with that. So, you know, some of those types of books have been really influential for me. John Wooden. Um, At UCLA. Mm-hmm. So those things can be applied to life. I would say On the Road by Jack Kerouac was a, a big one for me. I read that when I was on my study abroad. And since then, I've really had a, a love to travel, to explore, to reflect on, on life. Um, a good fiction one. I also like apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic. Um, Genres. So Station Eleven.
2: Hmm.
1: I'm not sure who wrote that, but it needs to be a movie. I could not put that book down. It's excellent. So th- that The Road is another one. Very dark.
0: The Road. The Road. The road. Did you not
1: watch the movie? The... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they <had a> nightmare. <laughs> but I I could I love that I love that type of genre. So, um, you know, those are just some of those. The first like real book, big book I ever read was Gone with the Wind by Really. Andrew Mitchell. I had a fantastic seventh grade English teacher who just she just made us love reading and, and we loved it. We just went to the library and checked out all these books and, and read and read and read. Um, that's
0: amazing. I, I gone with the wind is school
1: made it a little tough for me. I finally started getting back into like enjoying reading again. So I'm gonna I'm trying right now to actually I just started a book last week and I'm about halfway through um, it's a memoir of a, a chef and about her her life and her, you know, figuring out who she is. It's called Burn, Burn the Place. Ileana Reagan.
0: Well, that's a great set of books. I'm going to put show notes. In our show notes, we will have links to all of these books, and we will do everything we can to try to influence our kids to try to read, with, especially last year with the, what are we reading right now?
1: Well, here's that the deal. That was
0: really a
2: big deal.
1: you got to find what you like to read. Like So for me, it's it's you know books by coaches it's these post-apocalyptic end of the world type of books um you know but i think it just depends on what you're interested what your tastes in are, absolutely don't force it if you don't want to read it don't if you're not interested in it don't just put it down get another one. I think on my nightstand, I have several different books, and maybe there'll be a time when I want to pick it up and,
2: and read it again.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to go into our burning question. But before that, we're going to do an advertisement uh, for another thing going on in the school. This comes directly from Good Morning MP. If you're interested in more thoughts, opinions, and Manassas Park High School content, please remember to subscribe to Good Morning MP on YouTube where you can watch current and past episodes of our high school television broadcast and receive notifications when a new episode airs. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. We're gonna hit our burning question, Mrs. Calcio. I know you've got a tight (laughs) schedule, but I wanna hit this question. What kind of education system do you think is best? And I'd like to start with
2: you, Mr. Mr. Lumpkin. What kind of education system do you think is best? Well, let's back up a second, give some context. Absolutely, (laughs) because we're talking about an education system. That's gonna be a really broad, Abstract idea. Absolutely, so we we're looking at American education system versus any other education system we're talking about. Because I'm going back to what we were talking about with what the role of the school was, as you asked, Mr. Council. Like we're in this really industrial era mindset still that we're just now really starting to see this branching away from. I think we all, we all looked at an article not too long ago talking about how different countries, China in particular, is moving away from their previous mindset where they were that really memorization, very rote, to being something different, being something unique. And I think if I'm looking at an educational system, I think the educational system has to, it can't be a rote, there's no one stop cure to what an educational system has to be because it has to be based on the community it's service and i don't think i really kind of came to understand that until i came to manassas park and saw that there's going to be needs for any community that you get to needs for those who are working and being able to work around their schedules needs for people to be able to come and serve at really odd hours be able to get people the education that they need so the educational system that we need is really going to kind of be differentiated for everybody but i really think the educational system that is going to be best is one that takes in constant feedback and is progressive growing. I'm going to give a, a general wide answer that I, doesn't really answer anything. I really like that <laughs> answer a great deal. Mr.
0: Moreland, uh, you and I have had this conversation a lot. Uh, both of us spent a lot of time in the same area at the same time in Hampton Roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, what about you? What do you think is the
3: best school system? I don't think it exists yet. And I think that what we should be okay. teaching students besides You know, like I I tell the students all the time, it's an English class, but it's really communication. It's really how do you communicate, how do you present your ideas and, you know, analyze texts and that kind of thing. But I think if you think about it, like I've, I've talked to students before about just basic skills, like do you know how to cook? Do you know how to clean? Like if you had to do things for yourself, would you be able to do it? And to me, you know that's kind of the thing like you would expect the parents to do that but sometimes the parents are too busy i think the school can kind of step in and and, you know maybe not take the place of the parents but kind of like make it to where everybody has the same opportunity so you learn how to fix you know common plumbing things or something like that if we have like those kind of things that would help students be more independent and students who don't have the opportunities that other students have or or the family support system could have an opportunity to learn those things at school And even if the parents already know them, maybe like the up-to-date techniques or the up-to-date, you know, things. Because, for example, my grandma, her house has a wood-burning furnace that she uses if if her furnace goes out, like her electric one. And just knowing how to chop wood and stuff, maybe it's not relevant today. But if, you know, something were to happen, where something unforeseen and we lose the grid or whatever, you know, we complain about the kids using their cell phones all the time. But that's all they know. If they didn't know anything else, you know, obviously they're going to be using those, but if they knew how to do things with their hands and like, you know, build things or create things, then only instant, inst- it doesn't, it's not only going to give them a sense of pride, but it's going to teach some survival skills, I guess, in a way. Mrs. Calso, we're going to turn to you here. And I figure
0: this would be very apropos mm-hmm. as a high school administrator, as someone who's been in education for, Uh, a a while now, what do you think is the best school system?
1: Well, I think taking bits and pieces from what Mr. Lumpkin and Mr. Moreland said, you know, I think there is sometimes there's a feeling with educators that, oh, well, we shouldn't be doing what the parents should be doing, but I don't think that's true. I think part of our, our role is to make sure that we're helping students meet that hierarchy of needs. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs I think is important if we can't meet those needs. We're not going to be able to get to self-actualization, to learning, to all you know, to really moving forward in one's life. Equity and access are are huge aspects of that. We're we're so fortunate in the United States, even though we think that there are there are still many institutional barriers compared to some other countries. Um, you know, we should be very thankful for what we're able to do. And I've I've traveled to some third world countries and, and been in schools with dirt floors, fifty kids in a classroom, one. One teacher, no technology. The computer was actually locked up because people were afraid it was going to be stolen. So this is in Tanzania. Um, sometimes I think we forget how fortunate we actually are.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, think, uh, I think you bring up a really good point there uh, when you point to what a struggle it is for people to get an education. Um, I know a lot of times we look internally at everything. We mm-hmm. say, well, this is what's best for me. And we don't really look outside of that. Um, when I was in high school, uh, one of the books that really kind of shook my foundation of that was uh, the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. So that was a book. We were told to read it. A lot of people saw the old guy on the cover, and that was, that was the extent of it for them. But there was one story in it that always stuck out to me. Um, he was being taught to learn to read by his mistress or the, the, the wife of his owner. Uh, she And he got in a lot of trouble for it. She got admonished, but he was beaten. Um, But he got half of the alphabet. Uh, From there, he went on to go out into the city and he had with him, he would find a broken piece of chalk and a little broken piece of shale that they wrote on and he would write the last letter he knew and he showed it to the boys that were in school and say to them, I know more letters than you, I'll show you a letter you don't know. (laughs) And when he would show them, they would laugh at him and then they would write inadvertently the next letter. And he did this for about three weeks of showing the young men that were in the town a letter that they didn't know they knew the letter and they laughed at him. And then from there, show him a letter he didn't know. And that's how he learned the rest of the alphabet. And that's a powerful story for me because it said, school can be whatever we make it. Being disallowed to go to school, he still found a way To then become one of our most prolific writers, at least of his era, Um, I think we should expand our definition of what a founding father is. I view him as a founding father for what he did, you know, in in emancipation and whatnot. But that story told me and influenced me to always push to get to the end of my education. Um, It it's what pushed me to continue on when there were nights I didn't feel like doing my homework, and I was like, well. At least I'm not getting beaten for trying to do my homework. That's just for me. So when it comes to being what is a school or what is the best school system, taking from all three of these experts here, it's simply something that will give the kids what they need to get to what they want. Mm-hmm. If that means
1: reaching their potential,
0: then do that. If, that's, if the kids say, hey, I, I want to be a farmer and that's the extent of my goal, you know what? We're going to take you to a farm and you're going to work with this farmer. If I want to be a plumber, we're going to take you to a Mm -hmm. plumber. I want to go to college. We're going to give you college prep. I think the school should be flexible to shake and move as they see fit. But with all that being said, Mrs. Calso, it it has been a joy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I know you're a very busy woman and we thank you for taking any amount of time to spend with us. We are coming up to the end of our recording session.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, ma'am, it's been a pleasure. We would love to have you on again. Uh, Mrs. Calso is going to be going on to the rest of her day, but Mr. Morland, Mr. Lumpkin, and I are going to stick around and talk to you guys about a couple of things, and then we're going to wrap up for the night. So once again, Mrs. Calso, thank you for having us. Thank you. And now we're gonna give our final thoughts. We'd like to thank again, Mrs. Castle for coming in and being with us. Uh, I wanna point out a couple things for the last, we asked for uh, student questions. We still haven't received any, but we did come up with one question. I, I spoke with a student who uh, gave us some notes on what we could change going into the future. And one of the things that they, she kind of mentioned offhandedly was what are some of your favorite TV shows? So I kind of wanted to throw that to my two co-hosts, uh, Mr. Lumpkin and Mr. Moreland. Starting with you, Mr. Lumpkin. What what was some of your favorite TV shows growing up or now?
2: Oh, wow. Favorite TV shows growing up. Uh, I mean, I was always, was there ever a point where I actually watched serious TV shows in my life? I think I was, I've been on Cartoon Network ever since I was, ever watched TV. I don't, I can't even think of like a serious TV show beyond just like, yeah, you know what? Vader sim was great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but For the record, I did enjoy Invader Zim. Is. The new movie's good, but it's it's more of the same. I would like a new season. But anyway, uh, have you guys had the, actually had a chance to watch the new Dark Crystal?
0: I have not. No, what what is that?
2: So Dark Crystal's a movie that came out in 1986, 1989, something like that. Where like made by Jim Henson, same guy who did, I believe. Uh, bits, I believe. Well, did all the puppeteering, mm-hmm. and they just came up with a new series for it. It's basically uh, if Game of Thrones was a whole lot more fantasy and a whole lot really interesting character designs. For reference,
0: Game of Thrones is very
2: fantasy. Yeah, but it doesn't have to goblins. The list one doesn't have goblins either as Gelfling, but same thing. Okay. I, I've been I've been getting into that lately, and that's been my favorite for right now. This on Netflix, on Netflix. Okay. Netflix came out about two days ago. The whole season, awesome. Um, that would probably be my favorite TV show at the moment.
0: Awesome, awesome. Mister uh, Mister Moreland, what what you got? What TV shows do you like? What What are you into in the past, present, maybe something in the future?
3: Well, when I was a kid i used to like watching the spider-man cartoon in the 90s remember that? the one on the fox yeah with the, with the guitar that was actually who was that wasn't that like the guy from aerosmith yeah like it was song? the guy from aerosmith i'm mean, I, I, his name escapes me who actually steve was steve
0: perry or i think it might have been
3: i steve think steve perry. perry is the guy from journey but uh yeah i liked that when i was a kid x-men too but it was the kind of the same studio um That was
0: one of by far my favorite uh, Mm -hmm. uh, openings is the X-Men song. Just that everything. of I love that. I love both of those cartoons, which I guess I'll get to when we come to me,
3: but carry on. I remember when I was, uh, I was at the dentist one time when I was a kid and there's this weird cartoon on uh, the TV called Robotech, which is actually uh, called Macross. I think now in Japan, it's an anime and it was actually really cool. I mean, I like anime but it's hard to say that. I think it's it's better to be said that I like shows with good stories like all the anime that I watch are the ones that have good stories If they're really weird or kind of silly or kind of weird unless it's slam dunk uh, then I usually stay away but you know if they're good if they have good stories if they're humorous, I'll watch them but if they're kind of weird and I think Mr. Lumpkin knows what I'm talking about then I usually stay away from that.
2: That's fair. I've got a question because now I just brought up to my mind a vague inkling of a memory. Do you ever watch Transformers, the one with the animals?
3: I think I remember. it. Is it like the was it the three D CGI? Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> it was not as good as the cartoon. I retract my statement. and Say that was my favorite TV show as a kid. Because <laughs> the cartoon Transformers was a lot
3: better. They had like this little transformer that was like a scooter that was useless. I would yes. like
0: to. I would like to point out for the record that it was um, Joe Perry. Played uh, Joe Perry. Perry. It was Joe Perry who
3: played the song. And Steve Perry is the guy from Journey. Used to be. Now it's a new guy. That's correct. Um, And I liked uh, GI Joe when I was a kid, which is GI Joe is funny because they kept like they had like these laser laser beams. They kept shooting at each other, but nobody ever got hurt. When they when they blew up the tanks, the bad guys crawled out and jumped and got away. That would
0: be Beast Wars and Beast Machines. There we go.
3: (laughs) I I liked Optimus Primal. Man, they were they were so clever back then. Anyways. Go uh, go on, there, Mister Moore. Um, speed Racer I was a big Speed Racer fan when I really? was really. Yeah, I used to have to, like be in front of the TV at five o'clock every day. It's also my lucky number five. So the Mach Five was your was your was your dream car. I went I went a Speed Racer for Halloween one year, and nobody knew who
0: I was. Now, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> anime has not always been as popular as it is today with our students, which much to the the amusement of the three of us, which we love, we absolutely adore it. The fact that you all love anime. Uh, anime at the time was mostly bad dubbed and rushed people trying to fit everything they had to say in about, oh, four to five seconds. Whole conversations taking place within four to five se- seconds. Um, and uh, Speed Racer was about a young man, Speed, who drove a very fast race car, uh, which was called the Mach 5. Which he took over uh, driving because of the death of his brother. And his he brother, wasn't really dead, though, but he didn't know. He that. wasn't really dead, though, but his brother's name was, uh, what was Speed Racer's brother's name? Uh, you'll forgive me as I grab this really quickly. Uh, Speed Racer's brother's name is, it's going to escape me. But his brother ran around. Rex and Racer. Was Rex Racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speed Racer actually ran around tracing around Mysterious Racer X. So that's what uh, Rex would uh, would would run, show up as, um, but yes, this was when the this was the original. This was one of the first anime to be shown in America. Uh, to the point that uh, my parents had watched episodes of Speed Racer. It was not the first, but it was one of the first. Um, as far as myself, uh, if, if I'm allowed to uh, go ahead and 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 speak to a couple of. TV shows I loved uh, as a kid. I, I watched mostly cartoons. Um, some of the cartoons I, I did watch: Beast Wars and Beast Machines. My my parents, uh, particularly my mother, was really into Transformers, so I also watched Transformers. Uh, they were more than meets the eye. Um, I was into a lot of the Disney cartoons of the era. So uh, this is after this is right after the era for say Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and them. So we had to instead of watching them and have Assorted hijinks, we had to put them in new and creative scenarios. So I watched a lot of DuckTales. I watched a lot of Tailspin. I watched a lot of Darkwing Duck, Mm -hmm. uh, who was by far of those three, had one of the greatest theme songs ever.
3: That was back when you had to pay extra for the Disney Channel.
0: And which my, well, no, these were on ABC.
3: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: I also watched a cartoon of little known name uh, called Reboot, which was a computer, it was a computer generated. cartoon about uh, com- the inside of a computer where the people who lived inside the computer played the games that came into oh, yeah, it. And at the time show.
3: it was gorgeous. And it, as, <laughs> no, It's still gorgeous
0: today. You bite your tongue. Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> well, the one guy looked like Joey Lawrence.
0: Uh, that's because he was modeled after Joey.
3: Oh, well, um,
0: it was a Cana- It was a Canadian TV show uh, that used to come on ABC. Uh, I enjoyed all of that. I used to watch a cartoon called Beekman's World, which, again, probably pointed me towards science, along with Bill Nye, the science guy. I like Mr. Wizard better. I know, and that's the Mr. Wizard Beekman Wars. I was a Beekman guy. Um, as I got older and my tastes matured, uh, so did my cartoon tastes. Uh, I used to watch Gargoyles,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: which was a classic for the era. Um, uh, I was also really big into... I was really big into the Looney Tunes. Uh, you may not be surprised to hear this, but my favorite was Bugs Bunny. And so all of Bugs Bunny's cartoons to me were were phenom- f- phenomenal because they had my name in them. So it was a little, a little bit there. Uh, today, I still watch a lot of cartoons. I prefer cartoons because I, I enjoy laughter. I enjoy laughing. So there are a lot of animes. Uh, you will not believe this, but before Dragon Ball Z aired, they had this weird guy in a suit and tie who would come and Describe what we were about to watch, because it was a very strange thing to 1990s America, what Dragon Ball Z was. Uh, and he it was it, very strange. You can find it on YouTube. Look it up. I'll probably put a link in the show notes. But uh, in addition to that, I, I watch today, I would say my favorite TV show is probably Archer. Um, I, I really, really enjoy watching that because it makes me laugh. Uh, my brother's name is Sterling. So to hear the mother character call Sterling's name, it's very nostalgic for me to hear my, my, my mother used to call Sterling in a very similar capacity. Um, I also, uh, I like to throw superstore because I have like Mr. Moreland, uh, I have worked in a superstore. Mm-hmm. So seeing their daily lives is very interesting. It's not hundred percent accurate, but it's pretty close. It's very close. It is not hundred percent accurate, but it is very close. Um, and i am interested in 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 good tv i try i stick to things that are funny uh i know we have a lot of the drama we live a lot of uh uh, serious shows uh one thing that never goes out of style for me is sports i I love football and everyone who's ever around me knows i watch a lot of football and an unhealthy amount of football as one would say um, but for TV, I, I think, and I, I truly believe this, we're going to look back and say this was a golden age of TV. The, the ability to watch anything you want when you want to with the streaming services is going to play heavily into that. A lot of the TV is better now at captivating people. Um, holding people's attention is, is something that's very, very interesting in today's day and age. And, and finally, there's a lot more experimentation in TV now than there was when I was a kid. Uh, Most of the TV shows that I watched as a kid were situational comedies or sitcoms. I loved The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It tackled what I thought were hard hitting issues. But today that format would seem quaint. So I would like to, if I could, I would watch TV shows that like push the limits. Like again, like a Westworld or or even, uh, uh, and you guys may disagree, but Once Upon a Time. My wife absolutely loved Once Upon a Time. it's written by the people who did lost mm-hmm. uh, uh, sometimes I think TV shows go too far. I enjoyed the first three seasons of the Flash and season four was a dud for me. I did however love Daredevil and and I will fight for Daredevil to uh, that was an amazing TV show.
3: I'm so, gonna have I have to make a confession I guess now what's that I was into the CW when I was in high school. I used to watch the Smallville shows. Smallville was really good yep I watched One Tree Hill. You know, and did you watch
0: Dawson's Creek?
3: I tried, but it wasn't I just couldn't get into it. It's too weird for me. It was like a little bit before. I mean, we we were this Mr. Here and I are about the same age. We are, yeah. We were probably a little too young for Dawson's
0: Creek. I think so. That and Seventh out. Heaven.
3: Seventh Heaven was just especially what, what happened later with some of the people involved. It just, it's just everything is, just is in a very different, taste, different light out. when you yeah. know
0: what the it's it's a strange looking back at that nineties era because there really isn't a lot of media that's specifically set in the 1990s, mm-hmm. um, at least not yet. I'm sure as time moves on, it will be. But to see an era of time that I live through through an artistic lens, uh, it, it's very it's it's odd and it's uh, it, it crosses the uncanny valley mm-hmm. because I see it. and It's like, well, I lived in that time and I don't remember the 90s being this way. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I always point to is uh, and this is a movie, not TV, but the mask i love that movie a lot it's
3: terrible a lot of people hate
0: that movie i love the mask. i love jim carrey i love the mask when when i
3: was a kid i I liked the mask but now that i'm older i watch it i'm like this is not funny at all this is just
0: (laughs) making funny faces and good (laughs) i still think it's very funny but one thing if you look at the mask uh the suits are actually time period accurate Mm. with the ugly ties the my wife would say the awful ties. But a lot of them I find very interesting. Like there's one that has a a Rorschach test on his tie. And he said, it's a, it's a power tie. It's supposed to invoke the feeling of being powerful. For me, seeing that and remembering, man, that was such a cool tie. And then making fun of it in that moment, again, the early nineties, it, it, it really hits home. Like, man, maybe, you know, seeing the nineties from the lens behind the lens of a of a movie or TV shows, it pushes me in a strange way. What about you, gentlemen? Any, any thoughts on that? Did anybody mention the anim- the Batman animated series? I love oh that. I absolutely, I watched <laughs> every episode. I loved it. Um, I love Justice League. I watched every episode. My
3: father. All right. Can I just segue a little bit? Absolutely. I prefer Super Friends to the Justice League.
0: I know you do. And because, this is a sticking point. for Yes, mm. they're
3: supposed to be fun for, for kids, like silly. And Super Friends invokes that Justice League. That sounds like you know somebody's in trouble. Whoa! Super <laughs> Friends, good time.
0: You, you know? know, can you name what the 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 cadre of villains is called in that? The Legion of Doom. That's right. They're the, the Legion of and Doom, and they like it looks
3: like they like. Their headquarters is just like... What? In a swamp. a swamp. yeah. I thought it was like right off the coast of New York or something. No, it was but in a swamp. It moves. Yes. They can move it. That's true. But, but it is, I a don't swamp. know that the Super Friends could stop the Legion of... Well, that's Jews. another thing about the, the cartoons back then. Like, they couldn't punch anybody. That's so true. So when Superman wanted to take somebody out in the Super Friends show, he had to hug them. like That's correct. Them. And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, this is great. Like, this is so funny. And it, the animators sometimes messed up and like threw an extra arm on the Green Lantern. It was, great. it was unintentionally funny. I, I really like the Super Friends.
0: Um, one of my favorite things about the Super Friends is uh, the theme song, because that was such a great theme song. Uh, we won't be singing it because we don't want <laughs> to get copyrighted. Uh, more importantly, though, I used to love the announcement. Whenever he would come on, he would always say, In the great hall of the Justice League. And I just always loved that because... Then they would go and the three stars would show up and it was like, and then they would transit. It was just, it was campy and it was fun. Uh, But there was something serious to me about hearing the gravelly voice Batman tell someone I'm going after the Joker. Try to stop me if you can. And Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman, and Mark Hamill being the voice of the Joker. Yeah, that's in the, in the Batman
3: the animated series. Absolutely. So in, just, in the Super Friends, it was another guy. It was, it was Adam much, West, much more friendlier. It was Adam West. Yes, Adam West. But uh, Batman of another era. Yeah, yeah I, I I prefer funny superheroes. I mean, I like the animated series Batman when I was a kid in the nineties too. But I like the fun superheroes, like where it's happy and you can laugh. And you
0: I I do too. But I I that was where the delineation for me was. uh, I I always felt I love DC and I love Marvel. I was a Marvel kid, you know, make mine Marvel. You know, I was Spider-Man and Black Panther were my two favorite superheroes as a kid. Um, There was something comical in the way superheroes dealt with problems in the Marvel universe. Spider-Man was always making a joke. That's why I loved him. Batman was always serious. And so when I wanted that serious and I wanted, we are going to wage a one-man war on crime. I, I got to go with the bat, but if I want to read something where it's like, you know what, it's a guy with four metal arms and he's trying to steal, <laughs> I don't know, ir- irradiated ink pins, you know, there's something to that. And I really enjoy, the, I can enjoy them both.
3: Plus, wasn't Dr. Octopus Peter's teacher?
0: Uh, Dr. Otto Octavius was his professor yes. while he was working on his undergrad Which at NYU. Yes, that's
3: could right. Could be kind of, you know, cathartic for some of our students, you know. It's funny, <laughs> Spider Man became Spider-Man at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. People, after
0: 50 years of reading those comics, people see Spider-Man as this 30-year-old adult, but the reality is he started at 15 because it was aimed at high schoolers. Yep, And and again, that's the social commentary at work. I, I personally love Marvel. I, I was always a Marvel kid, but I, I see, you know, DC was always serious. DC was the serious guys. I mean, you know, Green Lantern was a no-nonsense guy for a long time. And, and I appreciate that. Kyle Ratner is not a serious guy. Guy Gardner is definitely not a serious guy. But that bull haircut, who could be well, serious? Uh,
3: speaking of serious movies, anybody excited about Joker coming out this October? I am so surprised to see the rave reviews. I was not expecting it to get
2: that reception.
0: I'm not interested.
2: I, I am, after seeing tens out of 10 from IGN, I'm holding judgment until I see more. I'm excited
3: because it, it, harkens back to a lot of the old 70s movies that scorsese did absolutely and it also kind of harkens to you know just like that 70s style yeah, like it's like a, film. a period piece in the way that it's actually done i'm really excited to see it's, how that it's a much that, more actually. psychological take so i think on the character and i'm i'm really excited to, to see what uh joaquin phoenix does with with the joker i'm gonna have to take the uh the opposite route here uh
0: you know i'm I don't want to watch a Joker movie without the Batman. I feel that until DC decides what it wants to be with their movie universe, which, be- which won't be anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I really want to, I want another standalone Batman movie. I enjoyed Michael Keaton being Batman. Michael Keaton is one of my favorite actors. He's one of my, you know, uh, Johnny dangerously is one of my favorite movies because I can relate to that movie in a lot of ways. Cause it's set in New Jersey. Um, uh, I I enjoyed both Batman and Batman Returns. I like the George Clooney Batman. I'm the only one. Whatever. I, I thought Chris O'Donnell was a great Robin.
3: At least they had Robin. I was so mad when they tried to shoehorn him into the into the Dark Knight Rises.
2: <laughs> My name's Robin. I think I was the only person in the audience who
3: was you know yelling out. They're like, "What's your name? I'm Robin. <laughs> Robin's not his name.
0: That's all. That's his." No, that was his government name, name was Robin. Robin. <laughs>
3: yeah, but Robin the character, his his, it's like Batman and Robin. It's not Batman and Bill. There's I mean, been on. three or four. Three there even? have been
0: seven different okay. people who wow. have been Robin. His
3: name was Dick seven Grayson. people have been Robin, and never, never the, kid, the, the alter ego is Robin. Just like explaining Batman.
0: Robin is the alter ego. That is correct. That being said, though, and again, I, this is a very unpopular opinion. I my favorite of the Nolan trio is Batman Begins.
2: I think it's a strong contender. And if you're looking for a Batman movie, agreed. If you're looking for a Joker movie, that's where the Dark Knight's good. Yes, uh,
0: uh, Heath Ledger. He, I mean, he was lost in that role, and he put out a performance of a lifetime. It's it's amazing that people always remember that performance of the Joker, but never say how good of a performance that uh, um, Christian Bale Christian Bale gave as Batman. He really elevated his level to. To match him. Exactly. And because there's different scenes, like, that interrogation scene where the Joker is locked up, if you look very closely, you can see that Batman is in the cell with him. Mm-hmm. And then the lights come on and it, their interaction was amazing. Uh, the fight scene where he hooked in all the super, uh, the, the special ops guys mm-hmm. to throw them all out of the wind. Like I really believe Christian Bale took it to another level because he had to, I mean, he had to. Um, everyone elevated themselves for that movie and again the dark knight is is by far it's probably the best or at minimum the highest rated of the three but my favorite is batman begins because it's such a perfect it's a perfect confluence of uh just what it meant to be batman especially with liam neeson one of my favorite actors uh in the movie and and watching the scene where they're at the docks and he's terrifying the bad he's showing the bad guys fear and the last guy who's shooting wildly and he says where are you screaming at the top of his lungs and all you hear is batman come behind him here it takes him <laughs> away it's just, i love that it, it, it's a wonderful wonderful storytelling nolan is a genius i won't go see all of his movies but
3: well now robert pattinson's gonna be
0: I'm excited to see it. I, I mean, I,
3: I know the British actors are, are in vogue now, but I would love to see an American actor play. And to make you kind of feel a little bit different about Joker, I mean, it's, it's not confirmed. I have to tell you when I after I go see it, but rumor has it Robert Pattinson may make a cameo as either Bruce Wayne or Batman in the movie. Sure. So if that happens, would that satisfy your requirement? No, nope. because <laughs> I want to. I, I think the Joker
0: is a periphery character. I think that any story about Batman should be about the tortured nature that Bruce Wayne is going through to become Batman. The Joker doesn't have that. The Joker is the Joker, and the Joker is the Joker all the time.
2: I mean, sure. I I think the Joker is this weird, dark reflection of Batman, and that's only after reading the newer comics, like White Knight. Which is a great great storyline. Oh my god!
0: Or the one where the Joker. What is the storyline where the Joker removes his
2: face? I know the uh, the cover very well, but But that was
0: the storyline where he comes back and he he death of the family. That's the end of the storyline. I read those and was blown away. Uh, I I maintain those guys at DC, man, they really stepped their game up lately in the last decade or so. I
3: like the Adam West Batman movie from the '60s. So do
0: I, Surfing Batman. <laughs> yes, and again, that's, the, that's
3: the TV show, but the movie, the full-length movie where they had like the all the villains coming together. That's something interesting. Everybody acts like that was a very campy, like happy go lucky show, and it kind of was. The show was, but at the same time, the villains are literally trying Change to show, kill though. Batman. Yes, they are. Like he just gets out because he's got all the gadgets. Right? They're like, "We thought we we just, you know killed you," and he's like, "Well, you didn't because I had this special gadget that saved me." And everybody laughs, but like, it's really kind of dark if you think about it. You know, it's like they were playing for keeps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he could
0: outsmart them, in any went. I, I I just. Because of my I love comic books, I, I adore the medium, um, I just I find that I find Batman interesting because he is the world's greatest detective. And when he is this obsessive, driven, remorseful kid having a temper tantrum, a 30 year temper tantrum, I, I, I find that I find that compelling. If you told a rich kid with unlimited money, like, hey, you know, your parents are dead. And it's like he basically blows everything out to go stop and eliminate crime. I find that very compelling. It's a personal thing. I I really like that storyline a lot. I know it's tragic, but I think tragedy really begets a lot of great things. and, And that's just personal. Plus, if you read the comics and you go deep into the lore, which I have,
3: Gotham City is in New Jersey. So, well, I'm very to kind of try to end this this segment, I guess just go around favorite DC hero, favorite Marvel hero. I guess, Mr. Harrod, you can go ahead and start. Sure. Uh, my favorite Marvel
0: hero uh, is everyone who walks in my room. They see the Wakanda forever. They see the Black Panther. It's for sure Black Panther, and Spider Man was a, was a pivotal character in my development. Uh, on DC, I, I like a lot of DC characters, but for me, uh, Batman is really high up there. Uh, a lot of people will hate this, but Superman, I like Superman, and and then this is my my guy that I really love, and I really think his interesting character is Captain Marvel, uh, uh, better known to some people as Shazam, which is incorrect, the character is Captain Marvel, Shazam is the wizard, um, but Captain Marvel always spoke to me, just the, I, the whimsical idea that a child could become a hero. Mr. Uh, Mr. Lumpkin?
2: I'm taking a moment, because I had to re- remember... <sighs> It was weird growing up because my first experience actually looking at any comics whatsoever was the the children's made X-Men, like books that weren't quite comics and where I was like introduced to like Wolverine and Gambit and Night Stalker. Bon Ami. Yes. I don't know what it was about the character and if it's design or if it's just seeing a hero that was
0: yeah. The original the original era of anti-heroes exactly. started by The Punisher.
2: Oh, well Punisher for me it was a little bit too out oh. but Night Stalker I could get the grips with. Yeah. Really the Punisher
0: is really the first anti-hero oh, sure. from like I think the late 70s, and he was just <clears throat> a bad guy. Hey, uh, Mr. Moreland, how about you? What do you, what's your favorites on both sides?
3: For DC, I'd have to say it's Superman. Just because I always thought it was so funny watching Super that Friends, crap. how like I Superman would just, you know, do his own thing and everybody else would be like struggling to like like there's these giant ice monsters walking through the thing and Superman just like punching them left and right. He could punch the ice monsters because they weren't people. That's right. And they would just fly off and Batman and Robin had to do like this weird contraption with a batarang and the rope just to get one. And it's like Batman and Robin got one, <laughs> meanwhile Superman's over here, you know, left <laughs> and right like So I always like Superman and I I Get upset because people are like, well, Batman's smarter. It's like, no, he's not. Superman is very smart too. He, he just, is. he's very compassionate.
0: There's a there is a comic book showing him using super mathematics. Mm-hmm. I have to pull
3: in fact I And made, the super made that computer, thing. which is kind of right. <laughs> I will have to make I will have to make that our background of super mathematics. Right. Oh, but uh, on Marvel's side, uh, I gotta say I like uh Captain America from the Avengers movies. Like when we watched the mm-hmm. Avengers movies, it was like, Oh, Captain America, like I like Captain America the best in the Avengers. Yeah. But in Marvel overall, my favorite superhero has got to be Spider-Man. Uh, I grew up watching Spider-Man as a kid in the 90s. Like when Marvel vs. Capcom came out, I always picked Spider-Man as, as my character and my favorite X-Men character, which might be controversial, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Uh, not controversial at all. I'm a big Cyclops
0: mm-hmm. fan, but we digress. Mm-hmm. Uh Anyone else? Because I'm surprised you didn't say the Wonder Twins. No, I always said the Wonder Twins were kind of lame. I, I, like, I
3: like Spider-Man. And actually, when I was in high school, uh, my nickname was Spider-Man because when we played basketball, sometimes the basketball would go up on top of the bleachers when they were all folded up. And I was like, I'll get it. And I just, like, whipped up the bleachers, like, in five seconds. And everybody's like, wow. That's very impressive. So,
0: so, guys, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. We're going to have this episode up as quickly as possible. It was a real pleasure to have Mrs. Cousins. We again like to thank her for that. As always, we're going to try to get you guys uh, uh, some feedback from you guys. Listen to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can email me uh, at uh, laray.hair at M-P-C-S-C-H-O-O-L-S dot And I'll be looking for your feedback. As always, thank you and good luck.